listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. What about you, Michael? What's the plan here, Kim? What I'm going to ask is impossible. Don't worry. No one's going to know about it. Listen to me. Carefully. Think about what happens if something goes wrong. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blink and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's a brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony Lewis, Glenn Beauvais, back talking two episodes of Saul this week, episodes eight and nine. Next week, Glenn, the finale for what will be, I'm going to guess, at least another year. Well, yeah, well, they they renewed season five before four came out, so. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and guess, though, that we don't see another episode until 2020. Does that sound about right to you? I hope not. I mean, me neither, but i it's the feeling I have deep down yeah, inside. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, before we get going, uh, I mentioned it on one of the other podcasts I did with uh, Aurora, but in case people missed it uh, or or didn't listen to, to either of those, uh, today is our seventh birthday, Glenn, at Cinema Geekly, and you've been around for, like, what, four of them? I think I was looking earlier, and you, your, the first episode you did with us was like episode thirty-four of the Cinema Geekly podcast. Uh, yeah, well, it was in June. I know, or maybe it was July. June was the first thing I wrote, which was the girlfriend's guide. Uh, if you're in a Wes Anderson movie, yes, and it was the first thing I ever did. I apologize for erasing that from history. I didn't think to back up. <laughs> No, it's uh, fine, because uh, I feel like I should sue Honest Trailers. I mean, just like their owner is, or their founder is doing right now. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, so I just want to reiterate here, like I did uh, on there, uh, if you haven't heard before, uh, uh, just a big thank you to everybody who's ever downloaded a podcast or listened, or if you are somebody who signed up for premium when we were doing that, or anybody who's ever clicked on any of the the sponsor tabs or any of that any of that stuff that's helped us out and of course everybody who's ever worked with us that doesn't just include uh people who've done podcasts with us but there's been a few people who've only done one or two podcasts uh but that also includes people like uh dan and stephanie who did a lot of uh reviews and stuff back in the day when we were still publishing articles instead of just podcasts uh, it's crazy to think that we're like uh, w- w- much over half a decade. We're very close to a decade of existence, and that just feels weird uh, to me. But thanks to everybody who's ever listened. 
uh, we'll we'll keep doing it. Uh, Glenn, I think you and I agreed at some point that we're going to keep this show running after Saul is over and run through Breaking Bad uh, and and talk about it as well. So we'll probably keep this running for a little a little while longer. Anyway, yeah, because it just it'll just be cool to kind of go right into to watch it. retrospectively because I haven't rewatched it since it's ended. You know, I've same watched, I have not I've watched you know like Ozymandias you know once or twice. Mm-hmm. Like I've gone back and watched like certain episodes, but yeah, I think knowing what I know now, it'd be cool to kind of go through it all again. Yeah, I haven't. I like, actually have the only thing I'm fearful of is how much of a drag the first season might feel like because mm-hmm. I want to get to the characters that. I've grown to really appreciate in this show. Yeah. I mean, I haven't given it anything. I haven't, I haven't watched anything since it ended. So, uh, which is weird. Normally I go back to shows and I've gone back to lesser shows that I like and rewatch them after they were over, like lost. So it's weird that I haven't, it's weird that I haven't quiet you. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you said lesser shows. So all of Star Trek is fantastic. Well, I don't know. Um, Deep space nine. I would, I herald as as high as like Breaking Bad or or things like that. Those are in my top favorite TV shows of all time. Although I don't know, man. After these two episodes, I feel like it's wrong to say this before Saul has ended as a show. But after these two episodes, I am nearly convinced that this is a better show than Breaking Bad. I'm almost there. Part of me is like, you got to wait until it's over because who knows, maybe it'll be not quite as good. Maybe the ending will, will disappoint in some way and it won't be quite as good as Breaking Bad, but I don't know. God damn it. These two episodes were tremendous and I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident that this is going to wind up being better than Breaking Bad. And in some (laughs) ways it feels like it's much better, but that's without having gone back and... and I mean, it's had... Bad. I feel like it's had just as many highs. Absolutely. I mean, I, it doesn't it's hard like to compare it's anything... Lows, though. I think yeah, it's, I, it's hard to compare it to anything to like an episode like Osmandius. Yeah. Just because it was so good. And, and the genius and, episode of TV that was, yes. And and this show is just... It's a slightly different tone. Like, we're not, we're not mm-hmm. going to get that or when we do get it it's it's like a mic episode where it's just like oh, oh okay this is where things really turned around like it's um a little bit different yeah um all right well let's hop in and talk about the episodes first up season four episode eight kushada uh kim enlists uh snc employees in Hule's defense and indicates she'll bury suzanne in paperwork that's the uh the prosecutor who's looking to put Huel away. Jimmy takes a bus ride and writes supportive mail for Huel and enlists passengers on the bus to help. That mail is completed with a return address that is postmarked in Cushada, Louisiana, Huel's hometown, and Jimmy sends it to Judge Mussinger. Suzanne investigates, but Jimmy's arranged for a fake church website and a pay-as-you-go cellular phones are answered by Jimmy and his TV ad film crew. The phony support causes Suzanne to accept a plea that keeps Huel out of jail. Kim is elated and tells Jimmy that she wants to engage in similar behavior again. Their relationship is rekindled. Mike arranges a strip club outing for Werner and his crew. Kai starts a fight, but the real problem is Werner, who drunkenly reveals meth lab construction details to a bunch of locals. 
Uh, fully healed Nacho is more prominent in the Salamanca organization and trains Domingo to take a hard line with dealers who don't meet their quota. That is until Lalo Salamanca arrives to aid in running the business. Unlike Hector, Lalo is interested in everyday details, giving Nacho cause for concern. At home, Nacho keeps a safe with cash and fake Canadian IDs in it for his father and for himself. Uh, what did you think of episode eight? Um, I don't know. Is this the best scheme that they've come up with? I mean, I was laughing the whole because time. Because the squat cobbler is incredible. Squat but, cobbler, yes. Man, the, but the this amount was amazing. of detail. Yes. I mean, this was... This was tremendous. Oh my god, he really he really is Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I love that. Like, you know, is this Miracle on 34th Street cuz are you are you are you trying Santa Claus cuz it feels like Miracle on 34th Street in here. It was genius that they left the phone numbers cuz I didn't even oh, the website. The website Pictures of like Hugh, like in a choir and then he's like saw and doing habitat for humanity. Painting a house, oh my... yeah. <laughs> and they cleverly have like a little donation thingy at the yeah, bottom show it going up showing it going up uh i mean i was blown away by the this show will sometimes like easy stuff and maybe people will be like look you're such an idiot for this show anyone could have seen you know what they were doing here a mile away but when <laughs> Uh, when they have the letters out and they're like, people left phone numbers in here. So let's, you know, call them. And there's, you know, it goes to a voicemail and I'm like, oh, they dodged a fucking bullet there. But I'm like, you know, the numbers should have been in there for a reason. I wasn't even, I was so engaged. I wasn't smart enough to connect the dots that he was just using the the fucking cell phones and they were just. Yeah. As soon as she said there's phone numbers, I was like, holy shit, he's using his phone. He's using the phones that he has. Yeah. I didn't connect it until after the voicemail. Because then I'm like, wait, I very quickly piece it together. I'm like, wait, what if somebody answers? And I'm like, well, hold on a second. They wouldn't put the numbers in there if it wasn't for a reason. And then it clicked. And then the very next shot was all the cell phones on his table. And I I thought that was genius. Yeah, this whole scheme was, uh, was fantastic. And they gave a twist here. Uh, because it felt like well, they were... when, uh, when's this here trial going to be happening? Because we got a couple of charter buses we'd like to take <laughs> up there. Yeah, that was the judge's whole thing. He didn't want this. I mean, it was a minor assault on a police officer charge, and he didn't want it to turn into a circus. Uh, his his uh, Cajun accent, uh, tremendous. Like everything they did, the CD player playing the organ music in the background, all of that shit was so it, it's so ridiculous that they went to those levels um but the uh the thing i i liked here a lot was that i i felt they kind of accurately subverted things it felt like the the story between kim and uh jimmy was that you know they're you know that she had gotten this um office and she'd gone in with these guys and Jimmy felt betrayed and over time they were just uh growing apart from one another and I sort of felt that's just where it was gonna go um and again 
I don't know why we didn't put the pieces together a little earlier that she decided to help Jimmy in the last episode. Uh, you know, she's like, I think I have a better way. And it just, I don't know why, but it's like, I didn't think to ask, why would she be helping him? Uh, it seems like this is kind of like something she wouldn't want to be doing. Uh, but, you know, if people have been watching this show long enough, they remember this is like a callback. They've done this together before, and she kind of had that rush of the the whole rush of getting away with the the con and she felt guilty about it because the guy they were conning before they were just conning a guy for fun right um the guy that they met at like a bar or a restaurant or something one time i think they were sort of just doing it just for the the fun of it and she sort of felt guilty about it but here it was to do something good and it's a thing that sort of like they found the spark to rekindle their relationship and she wants to do more of it, which was not something I was expecting. I don't know. How about you? Yeah. I mean, when it happens, uh, it's just kind of like, Oh, cause you, I think you and I had one of our theories is that like, maybe she went to jail and then that might be how the show ends is her getting out and he's willing to kind of come out of hiding to see her. Mm-hmm. kind of deal. I think we had kind of said that once. My my new... I mean, I've got an alternate theory where uh, maybe he doesn't come out of hiding to see her again, but something similar happens where they go to all... I mean, it gets set up some more in the next episode, um, especially kind of near the end. Uh where I feel, and I don't want to get too far into the next episode already, but it feels like she's going to be the one to help him engineer him becoming Saul Goodman, the lawyer. And uh, my new theory is that something will happen on one of their schemes and she will get busted. And Jimmy, like Jimmy is prone to do, will self, you know, preserve and he'll ditch her. Yep. Like she'll go to jail for him unwillingly like she won't do it for him like out of the goodness of her heart she'll just go to jail and he'll skip away and like that's how um that's how things end for them i mean that's what i'm thinking but i don't know uh, i feel like we've they've uh we've chased this idea like everywhere for like the last couple of years so i don't know where it's going to end but uh it's certainly fun to to think about and uh a lot of the stuff with Mike this episode was setting up for things that happen in the next, but man, that scene with Mike and the bouncers and Kai, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but Mike feels like the coolest guy ever in that scene, uh, where he just settles things with the, the bouncers. He's this old guy, but he's got such authority behind his voice and when you look at him his body language there's so much authority that when he just when he says shit you just do it and he's like no we're done here you're gone get you know and he pays the bouncers and the woman that kai was uh getting rough with or whatever he pays that he just seems like 
the coolest badass of all time. That's why him and Gus work well together. They just kind of... They're kind of on the same page. Yes. Uh, It seems like they try not to involve outsiders. mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of keep it within this community. That's what's fair game. Yeah. I really like the small scene, too, with Mike and, and Werner when they're just at the bar having a chat about, uh, you know, like Mike's dad and uh, just like those little things. They they take a little bit of time to just do a little bit of character detailing. Uh, you know, but this show is kind of renowned uh, for for moments like that and, and just using sound and background noise and things like that to sort of uh, frame everything. There, uh, there's so much stuff I notice in scenes like that. When uh, the massage parlor manager is telling Jimmy that, you know, he needs to take... Uh, Kim out on a date and get flowers and apologize and he's like I, I think we're beyond that and she pours him a drink just the sound of her pouring the drink uh, and I don't know the thing I noticed the most about that is that it doesn't sound like they're using the cheap standard pouring a liquid into a beverage it sounded like more realistic than the I'm guessing whatever stock sound effect usually gets used uh, in situations like that it's such tiny little detailing in the sound and uh, the way uh, shots are set up. I feel like a broken record though, Glenn. We've said this I feel like maybe every episode of this show, but it's just that good. This is like masterwork TV as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean it's you hear you, know, you hear people in the business talk about it all the time about what makes television so attractive now and it's really just the not so much the money that you're willing to spend, but mm-hmm. the willingness that they're able to let you kind of do your craft yeah, is really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just shows in instances like this. Yeah. Uh, it's, this was all... You know, do you want to do 10 episodes? Do you want to do 12? You know, if you're not forced to have to to meet a certain quotient. I mean, I'm sure they have to... They're negotiated to a certain amount, but, yeah, you know... It was always 12, and now it's 10. You know, you're talking about Game of Thrones doing eight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... It seems like they let them service the story. You know, whatever serves the story the best, that's that's the route we're going to go. Yeah. So but that's the kind of stuff that's... Yeah. It just, you know, really shines through in a show like this. I mean, they just do stuff where the scenes... The, like, the one of the very first scenes we get before the, the title card is... Jimmy getting off at the post office in Kushada and he goes in, he walks in to, to mail the stuff. And then there's like, there's some thumping music playing and a truck pulls in and a guy gets out and he walks in and the camera just stays where it is. And then Jimmy just walks out and then he sits down on the bench and then a guy rides by in his motorcycle on his, on his bicycle. You would like any other show you would think, Who's that guy in the truck? Like, what? what's going to happen? Is he on to Jimmy? Is he a police officer? Is he something? You know what I mean? Like, if any other show, shots like that sort of feel like they're meant to be a setup for something. But in here, it's just real-life window dressing. People pull into buildings, and they get out, and they walk in through doors. And guys ride by on their bicycles. It's done in a way that it makes it feel like they're filming real life or or something along those lines. It's all those little tiny things that just make these shows uh, 
so good. I, I think maybe the, the feeling I'm reaching for is it, these shows always feel real. Uh, yeah. It, they never feel like they're a fake TV show to me. It always feels like these are real places and they're not using any sound effects. These are real sounds from the environment. And maybe they are for all I know, or they're just, and these yeah. are real characters like nothing extravagant. Like yeah. my favorite thing, this episode was the reveal of Nacho's home. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You, you would have had no, I mean, you assumed like if he's staying with it, like he's doing okay, but you know, I didn't really think about the amount of money that's in it that he's making yeah and i mean once he's he's got the two ladies that are doing drugs oh yeah and he's just he's got this enormous gorgeous house and it's like you've never seen that up until now because you've always seen him in his dad's house mm-hmm. you know i just it always kind of came across like he was like paying off some kind of debt but yes. it was just it was just mm-hmm. awesome yeah um, any other thoughts on episode eight? If not, what would you give it? Uh, I mean, I would just say, you know, the maturation of Kim and Jimmy. I mean, they just have such good chemistry together. I mean, it's, I don't really want to see incredible. them break up, but I know it's inevitable. No. Yeah. No, but, uh, it's, it's, Oh, this episode. I mean, to me, it was a five. I mean, I, I just, mm. when it ended, I was like, Oh crap, that's the ending. Okay. I gave it a five too. Uh, this was a very strong episode. Uh, I, I kind of famously have talked with some other people about how much I love Jim and Pam on the office as one of my favorite TV couples. But as far as like something that feels like a real, real, real relationship and not like a sitcom relationship, this is, I think the best one I've ever seen on a TV show. They just feel like a legitimate couple. It yeah. doesn't feel fake or forced or scripted or anything. Um, hey, it's funny you bring up sitcoms, and um, it, it it's different because it's not a sitcom in that way. Yeah, but it's it's like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. Like they just felt like they knew each other, mm-hmm. and yep. they were a married couple. I mean, Grant, this is a long time ago, so I bet people are more surprised that I fucking know what that is uh, <laughs> but it's just uh that's what it kind of reminds me of in, in a way is just this mm. that chemistry i think that's really spoil anything but also the chemistry that you feel in the new remake of a star is born kind of the same deal or it's just you yeah you really see that they care for each other i um, uh i actually thoroughly appreciate your dick van dyke show reference and I and I agree with you, and I think it's even more amazing because shows back then weren't created with that idea of uber realism in the relationship. Yeah, it in was mind. just the white picket fence, two story house, blue shutters, red door. Like it was just the and acting styles know. back then were much different, and standards and techniques yeah. were different than they are now. And even then, that relationship still stands the test of time. It still feels like. Even though it's placed within a sitcom and it can be definitely goofy and silly and stuff like that, within the sitcom realm, it still feels like a real relationship, which is a testament to the chemistry that those guys had uh, with one another. Uh, but yeah, this is, man, Jim and Kimmy, I would have, or Kimmy and Jim, I would have <laughs> never, uh, I would have never guessed that when I watched Breaking Bad, 
that uh, I would have... I mean, and I loved that Cell character in Breaking Bad, but, I mean, it's probably the best character in the Breaking Badiverse. I'm guessing because it's had the most character work. Yeah, I mean, he was a fun spark plug. Yeah. Uh, Like, Mike was always... I mean, it's still the same thing in this show. Like, Mike was just always interesting. Yes. It's just like, oh, what's he thinking? What's he doing? Yeah. And whereas Gus was just like, man, like, what the resolve that this guy has and he's so cool and calm and collected yeah there's so you know, much he's like, more he's like if he's like uh like walter if walter could just not let his emotions fly out every once in a while yeah there's so much like, more just i'm excited i really am excited to go through and rewatch breaking bad again with this extra backstory um yeah that all these extra character details and then to try to look to see how any of that plays into a, a second watch through a Breaking Bad. Uh, before we talk about the next episode, uh, thank you to the good people of Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, and now we are on to Season 4, Episode 9, Pen Ultimate Episode of season four it's called Viterzane 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 I think that's what it is I'm not German I horribly mispronounced it Uh, I didn't even know that that is how that word is spelled so but that is definitely (laughs) the word Uh, and it uh, it definitely the word itself played itself out in this episode Uh, okay so Jimmy and Kim uh, are on a con they uh, they replaced the approved plans for the Mesa Verde branch in Lubbock, Texas, with the plans for a bigger building. This was something that was discussed in the last episode. Uh, and they go and run the con, with uh, Kim being a, a single mother on crutches and Jimmy being her dumbass brother who left the baby in the car. Uh, Jimmy answers the questions uh, eloquently at his reinstatement hearing but his application is denied. The chairman suggests Jimmy's answers were insincere, and when he recounts the details to Kim, she tells Jimmy that it's because he didn't mention Chuck. Jimmy's relationship with Chuck caused his suspension, but Jimmy claims there was no need to bring it up, or him, for that matter. He accuses Kim of just slumming with him whenever she needs something, while Kim says she's always been supportive and Jimmy has caused his own problems. He said, you know, way to kick a man when he's down. And she said, Jimmy, you're always down. That night, Jimmy starts moving out, but Kim stops him and offers to help him win his reinstatement. Meanwhile, Lalo visits Hector and improves his communication ability with a concierge bell that Lalo kept as a souvenir after Hector had killed uh, a hoteler, and burned the building to the ground. Lalo next thanks Gus for saving Hector's life and paying for his treatment. Finally, he has Nacho to show him where the Salamancas receive their drugs after Gus's trucks bring them from Mexico. Meanwhile, Werner's crew blows up the rock, preventing construction of the elevator, and celebrate that their work is almost done. But Werner misses his wife, and... Uh, executes an escape from the building. Uh, what did you think of episode nine, Glenn? It was good. 
Yes, it was. My my favorite part of the whole uh, episode hmm. was the whole Gus and Nacho thing. Just the whole thing of like when Gus stares at him and he's just like, "What? What, what do you want me to do?" Like, yeah, I, I don't know what he's doing. Like, yes, that was great. I know, I know, you like have my balls in a vice grip, but like. I still have a job to do if you really want me to kind of work for you. Like, yeah, I'm on two sides. I can't report and sabotage everything that I don't know about. That, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, to me, uh, and there's a lot to like in here. Uh, but for me, like, but it I, wasn't our typical penultimate episode. No, uh, I was. I'll tell you what, though, I was glued to the screen every time stuff with. Uh, Kim and Jimmy was happening. Uh, I mean, everything from the awesome con at uh, the beginning, which was a lot of fun, uh, to the... And in fact, I think... Well, I shouldn't say this, uh, that they were my favorite part. To me, my favorite part of this episode was actually the uh, reinstatement hearing. Uh, Because, I, I mean, obviously, Jimmy was trying to charm his way through... He claims to Kim that he was being 100% sincere and everything, but I don't believe him. He claims that she doesn't believe him and maybe she doesn't, but I didn't believe I him. I think he was being sincere. The problem is, is what, what he thinks is sincere. Isn't what sincerity actually is. Yeah. For, I mean, so for me, I think he was being maybe sincere a little bit about some of the earlier questions. Uh, but he admits later that he was caught off guard when that one lady asks, you know, what, uh, you know, what do you think of the law or whatever? What do you, uh, what's your opinion on the law? And, um, he says that that question caught him off guard. And to me, the only time he was being like 100% from the heart honest was when he answered that question because he wasn't prepared for it. He didn't have the answers memorized like he did with the Supreme court case and, uh, all of these other things, all these other prepared statements that he that he had to make, and he gave like a real legitimate answer uh, that was uh, from the heart. And when she's like, you know what, you know what, the, her follow up was, what was your inspiration? And then he gave that very weak answer of like, you know, I've got to give credit where credit is due. And I thought he was just gonna, you know, he was gonna say Chuck, but then of course I kind of forgot that. Jimmy isn't really dealing with Chuck's death and he didn't mention him at all. He mentioned his school again. And that's probably where all of the insincerity and doubt crept in. Cause these people were not had these before that nobody in that, on that board had a face of somebody who was doubting his sincerity or anything. Uh, and you know, I think that's what all of this sort of uh, centers around. He says he doesn't miss Chuck and all this other stuff. But we know that that is not true. We know that even though him and his brother were at odds and sometimes Chuck was an asshole to him and sometimes he was an asshole to Chuck, deep down he feels guilt for what happened and it's eating him up. But he didn't mention him here. Uh, You know, because I don't think he wants to acknowledge this. uh, But also... He, I, I think he also wants to feel like maybe he's doing this on his own or something. He isn't, uh, you know, piggybacking off of Chuck in some way. So I think it's, uh, at the very least, it's because he doesn't want to 
outwardly deal with his um his brother's death and it sort of costs him everything here and then he gets into a fight with Kim uh which felt like a real fight <laughs> I've, I've 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 had relationship fights that went very similar to this uh were you in the wrong oh yeah there there have been times where i've been in the wrong yeah. has she ever been in the wrong oh yeah okay i just i'm just testing to see if how uh, brave you're going to be if she actually listens to this. I mean, she'll never listen to this, but she's totally been in the wrong. She's much, <laughs> much like, much like Jimmy. She, I don't think will ever admit that she's ever in the wrong, but there have been times where she's been wrong. Um, yeah, but that was Jimmy here, right? He yeah. was in the wrong about some stuff and Kim was totally right. And I mean, it was obvious. He kept changing the subject every time. Uh, once she, once she really started zeroing in on him about like, you know, you're, it, it, I think it became clear to her that clearly that, you know, whatever he says about Chuck isn't true, that there's some sort of problem and he isn't talking about it and it's eating him up. And he quickly changes it to like, you know, about the building and the, the office and, um, you know, you're just slumming it. You don't love me. You're just, you know using me for cheap thrills. You're slumming it with slipping Jimmy. Uh, you know, he was trying to, to, you know, switch the blame and, and put it on her and get it away from himself because it's self-preservation for him. Uh, I loved, I loved all of that. And, uh, you know, here she is again, going to stick her neck out for him. And, it probably won't go so well. What, what did you think of? What did you think of that? What did you think of uh, the origin story of Hector Salamanca's bell? I just, as soon as that guy was telling that story, I'm like, this is how we get the bell. <laughs> this is, this has got to be how we get the bell. The and, fucking uh, people in that home. that just got to hear <laughs> ding, 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 like over and over again. Oh, yeah. And that lady who moves her back when Nacho gets oh my close to her. God, oh my god, yes. Dude, that was perfect. clutching her pearls. Yes, perfect. Uh yeah, that that was great. Uh other thoughts on the episode? Anything else that uh, stuck out? I mean Yeah, just that guy driving around. I mean the the Gus and and, and the other and Lalo is his uh Nephew? Yeah, it's, it's Hector's you. nephew. It's Don Hector's nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just their interaction together was was pretty damn hilarious. Yes. Uh, just <laughs> just because of how much he is just it, it's like just two egos, complete opposites, squaring off against each other. Yes. And and you know the guy's got to die because the last one to die was Hector. He was at the end of the Salamancas because they've all been murdered. Yes. Um. So it was just, to me, it was just a good episode. And it was nice because I was expecting a really big, bombastic thing because this is usually, this is their MO. And the fact that it didn't happen, it was nice. Um, and also Mike, like, <laughs> tracking down and figuring out what how that guy escaped. It's just like, oh, Mike's, uh, Mike's got a, uh, got something to do next episode, that's for sure. So because uh, he's going to hunt that guy down. The very the paragraph here kind of like one and dones it and says Werner misses his wife and escapes. Yeah, I think there's more to it than that. I don't think it's just that he misses his wife. 
I think that the realities of this job are settling in on him and he doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And he also feels like his life is in danger. I don't think it's just that he misses his wife. Cause you know, when he was talking to Mike earlier, when he's like, I just need to go see her for like a weekend and then I'll fly back. I'm pretty sure his plan was to fly there and then not come back. Uh, like, I think he wants to get out of there. I don't think it's just that he misses his wife. I think somebody who just misses their wife, even no matter how much they love them, they can stick out the job until the end. I think it's the job itself that he wants to escape from. I mean, who? why else would he go to such lengths? Like, he went to... Well, crazy. I think he realizes the uh, significance of this, yeah. of this job and, like, how, how much, you know problems he can have yeah like i don't think he realizes that they're making an industrial you know high-tech meth lab down there but i think he knows like you know look at this operation we're doing it in oh, he's, in, like, he's in some deep shit yeah look how much they're paying us you know i kind of fucked up a little bit and it's very clear that my life was sort of threatened like mike's not threatening warner's life but he's making it known that i like you but if you screw up these are the people we're working for I hope you understand what will happen if this happens again. Like Mike's not threatening him, but he's letting him know that this is not a job you can mess up on. So yeah, I feel like when it says like he just misses his wife and escapes, it's not that simple. It's, I think it's very clear that uh, he understands the full gravity of this job and does not want to do it anymore, but knows that he also can't just say, I don't want to do it anymore. It needs to find a way out. Um, Which means Werner's probably going to end up dead is my guess. But, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts? If not, what would you give uh, a Wiedersehen? Uh, like a four and a half. Yeah. I, I almost went five with this. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like you want to, but can't I, quite get there. I came close. I gave it four and three quarters. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I didn't quite get there, but uh, to me there was just there was just too much good between the the Mesa Verde con and the reinstatement hearing and the Kim and Jimmy fight, uh, all of that stuff was, yeah, it was just good shit from a show that constantly just produces nothing but that. Uh, real happy with it. I'm really excited and also upset that next week is the end of the season, but... It is what it is, I guess. Um, with a show like this, there's no way of knowing when it will be back. So I'm going to say 2020 and be pessimistic. But I'm hoping it'll come back late 2019 is my hope. I'm hoping we'll it'll come back in you know August or September next year. But, you know, we'll see. It's not like AMC's got anything else going on on the network at the moment, but... I don't know. It's they they want to give uh, Vince Gilligan, I think, the room and uh, or the space if he needs it. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, how how close do you think they get to uh, touching Breaking Bad? I mean, as not like in quality of show, but I mean like uh, timeline wise. Uh, you know, how close do they get at the end of the the series next year? Uh man. I 
I don't see them doing like a final episode thing because like Gus was introduced like what two or three episodes before the end of last season. I don't think it was just the very last episode. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing something like that. Yeah, I imagine they'll do one big cameo. I would imagine for the final season. Uh, presuming season five is the final season, which I, I'm guessing it is. Um, I would expect like one major cameo from Breaking Bad to appear or whatever to signify some sort of um, changing. Although I'm far more curious to see the the Cinnabon Gene end or to know how that all comes to a conclusion. So <sighs> already, t- it feels like the season just started, Glenn. This is really I know. It's too quick. Um, well, I guess that's the episode for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for Better Talk Saul. Hit subscribe, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk the season finale of season four of Better Call Saul, episode 10. It's called Winner. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for 